You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. Welcome back to another episode. Actually, hold on. This is not another episode. This is a women International Women's Day takeover. And I have to be honest because I try to be very transparent with you know the audience here each and every time. I'm beyond excited to have just an amazing group of women take over the podcast over the next 45 minutes or so. But this is the truth. This is the most nervous I've been about any of the podcast episodes that I've done. Uh, and it's just because... I really want to deliver. I want, uh, I'm not, I, you know, I edit all the audio myself. I'm not the greatest at uh, kind of post-production, which is why I kind of edit most of my stuff in one cut. And I just want to highlight all these amazing women that have taken, you know, gone out of their way to take their time to share everything that they're doing and kind of their take on, you know, International Women's Day. And this is, I mean, this is like the fourth you know, version of the intro that I've actually recorded, but I've actually listened to the whole podcast now with the editing like three times. And you are in for a treat, my friends. We have Swansit, Shira Lazar, Nitty Tori, Lubna Zaru, Jen Collins, Allison Ball, Lindsay Calabrese, and Whitney Lawrenson. I probably messed up a lot of those last names, but I am truly honored and humbled to have each and every one of these amazing women here take over the podcast and be in your ear holes for the next little bit of time. Uh, and so with that, I will I will turn it over to them. I will jump in kind of just to transition each of these uh, kind of takeovers uh, between. But for now, enjoy this amazing International Women's Day as I turn over the keys first to Whitney Lawrenson. Hi, I'm Whitney Lawrenson. I host a number of podcasts, including one called Web3 with Whitney. And I've been working in the Web2 space since about 2010, when I got really serious about creating content and supporting small business owners with their social media marketing strategy. And I'm fairly new to Web3, very excited about it. I tend to be an early adopter, which I think is on the rarer side for women, which is fascinating to examine. What is it that holds women back or people that don't identify as men or masculine. I think there's a lot of masculine energy in the tech space. And upon reflecting, I feel like it's incredibly important for us to focus on inclusivity and representation and what that really means. One of my favorite words about Web3 is community. But community does not really form until there's a variety of people and voices. And it's not strong until people feel that they're fully represented, accepted, and welcome. I think many of us crave belonging. And so those of us that are creating these communities, those of us who are leading in this space, who are starting new things and hoping to bring other people into it, 
we need to demonstrate inclusivity by amplifying a diversity of voices. And this is something I truly haven't seen yet in Web3. I see a lot of people talking about how they want to see more women in this space. I see a lot of women encouraging each other to come in. But it seems to me that a lot of the people involved right now are very extroverted, perhaps neurotypical or very comfortable with being neurodivergent. They tend to be kind of loud, comfortable with advanced technology, maybe very experienced in the tech space. They know a lot of people. They may have influence. And I would like to see more people represented that are quieter, that are beginners, that are new to technology, that are maybe younger or a lot older than the average person in the Web3 space, that perhaps have never been an influencer or don't even want to be. And I think we need to be very purposeful about collaborating with people who are different. This is how we create a safe space, especially for women. We need to examine the barriers to entry and see who isn't already here. And that could be the quote, girl next door, whatever that means. Uh, The busy mom, the woman who's never used discord before and maybe isn't comfortable. The woman who hasn't really dabbled in Twitter, doesn't have an account or maybe signed up for it years ago, but didn't feel welcome there and still doesn't. What about the women who work multiple jobs just to get by? They don't have a lot of financial liquidity. Do they feel welcome in this space that seems to be so driven by making purchases? Do they feel intimidated by the money? Do they feel intimidated by the access? And since I focus so much on mental well-being, I'm especially interested in representing the women that have social anxiety or crippling depression that keeps them from interacting with people the women that are overwhelmed by things. And even though I feel generally comfortable in a lot of these spaces, even though I'm excited, I love diving into new technology, I often feel very, very overwhelmed. I find Twitter and Discord daunting, and I don't always find them very welcoming. A lot of that is to do with my social anxiety. Sometimes I struggle to speak up even though I'm a podcaster, Even though I've made thousands of videos, it's still tough for me to show up sometimes. It's hard for me to raise my hand. So I've really stepped back to examine a lot of this. Why do I feel that way? Why has that become a barrier to entry? I don't want to feel overwhelmed. I don't want to feel FOMO. So here's what I think could work to make more people like me and more people that aren't like me feel more included, supported, accepted, and valued. I think we need to slow down and listen more, truly listen. A lot of us, especially on platforms like Twitter and Discord, are engaging in a way where we're shouting out to others, we're posting, we're sharing our opinions, but are we really listening? A lot of us feel like we have to move really fast and hustle, but do we have to do that or could we slow down? Can we ask more questions instead of just answering them? Can we ask other people's questions? Instead of just posting things and hoping people will respond to us, can we respond to other people to make them feel supported and heard? Can we have more one-on-one conversations as opposed to huge discussions in Clubhouse and Twitter spaces? Can we engage one by one or have small group 
conversations that are also in real time? Can we go into more of these small spaces as opposed to only spending time in the places that seem popular and crowded? Can we follow people back and support them by replying to their posts and sharing their posts to show that we value them too? Can we stop assuming that everyone has the same level of knowledge and comfort in this space and be intentional about our conversations with them? Can we use conscious language that also doesn't assume things? Maybe let go of words like everyone and we all. What if instead of assuming that everyone's on the same page, we start asking where people are at? Can we examine the people that may not speak up and invite them into the conversations? Not everybody is going to feel comfortable speaking up and voicing their needs, so we need to ask them what they want, what they need, what they desire, what questions that we have, and be very intentional about creating those safe spaces. And then along the way, we will realize that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to Web3. We can accommodate the nuances within us as human beings and focus on being very fluid, knowing that all of us are changing as Web3 develops. This, I think, will prevent many people from feeling lost, confused, defeated, unwelcome, and disconnected. This is what I think creates true inclusivity and community. And I hope that all of us can join together to make this a really strong space for everyone, regardless of their gender or anything else that they feel like makes them different. Wow, Whitney, thank you so much for kicking that off. And I mean, and if that's not a voice for podcasting, I don't know one is. And Whitney is uh, amazing. And I, and I love that kind of harmony that we have to understand and really that fluidity of what our role kind of is in this world and understanding you know, our well-being, understanding how to connect a lot of the dots that we've all kind of uh, been playing with in this space. And I will say, you know, one of the other, you know, critical elements that I think we all have to recognize here in this Web3 world is the idea of us, you know, we do get to reimagine it, but it also can be complex, it can be confusing. And, you know, especially, you know, for us men uh, that are listening, or those that identify as male, you know, we have to make sure that not only are we bringing people's, you know, seats to the table and creating tables, and lifting people up. But, you know, we also have to recognize, you know, as introverts or extroverts, like, how do we create these safe spaces? How do we create these opportunities? And I know, as an extrovert, I often, like, I, I will always say, I hate, like radio silence when I'm on stage on a panel and I will warn people like, Hey, I hate when it's silent. So like, I won't try to step over or hog the microphone, but if it is silent for too long, I kind of jump in. But I also recognize that's like me being an extrovert and I have to create environments that are introvert friendly. And and I think we all are learning together, right? I think that's a theme that you're going to hear across all of these uh, amazing uh, guests that we have next. So um, with that, we are on to our next little takeover. And this is Lindsay, my dear friend, who I actually got to meet for the first time in person the other day. So with that, Lindsay, what say you? Hey, everyone. My name is Lindsay and I am a 10-year influencer marketing executive. Currently, I am the VP Influencer Marketing at Cashmere, the leading culture impact agency. And at the present, like a lot of people, I'm diving in and exploring Web3. I am a curious collector of NFTs. I own eight that are all women-led. And even though art in itself is utility, I'm super interested in the real-world impact potential 
that could be tied to an NFT and community. First off, I'd like to thank Brian for extending the invitation to be featured on his NFT365 podcast. And on such an important day, International Women's Day, alongside such impactful women like Mac, whom I met on Clubhouse at the height of the pandemic, and who alongside Brian has become such a trailblazer for a more diverse, inclusive, and accessible Web3. Now, I'm a pretty tech-savvy person, um, but like most people, I learn by doing. And my learning is greatly accelerated when someone is holding my hand, walking me through it step-by-step, and I'm able to ask all my questions in real time. I mean, I tried watching YouTube videos and step-by-step tutorials on how to set up a Coinbase account and wallet and buy ETH and transfer it over and purchase an NFT and all the steps in between. Um, And I would get through one step, get super frustrated, and put it down for weeks and even months. Um, Then I woke up one day to all the missed calls and text messages that everyone dreads. My dad was in the ICU, and he ended up passing away on Christmas. And I was completely devastated. For the first time in my life, work didn't matter. I didn't care to check my emails. I didn't care to check my slacks. I didn't care about any proposals that were due. And I'm bringing this up because the only thing that made me feel somewhat normal and excited about returning back to work during this time of grief was actually exploring Web3 and NFT communities. I messaged my guy Brian and I asked to chat. I DM'd Mech and asked to chat and both of them graciously spent time with me answering all my questions and they held my hand. Brian even came out to see me in Virginia and gave me a big hug, and he helped me purchase my first NFT um, in person, which was a fame lady. Um, and then when my wallet was hacked, Brian and Mech were right there trying to troubleshoot it with me and lift me up so I wasn't discouraged. Um, again, I'm bringing this up because not everyone has the luxury of having the best in the game onboard them. It's daunting, but it's also our duty to help others um, or the wealth and knowledge gap will continue to grow, creating an even larger problem in the world. Um, now, being an influence marketing veteran, I see that traditional Web 2 model doesn't work for Web 3. And to be honest, that really excites me. Web 1 you know, all about linking out, finding information. Web 2, you know, was the introduction of social media platforms and the one-on-one connections, the friend me, follow me, um, et cetera, et cetera. And Web 3 is about community community to community where everyone wins. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around it all, but I can already see the possibilities of building community, generational knowledge, and wealth. I was actually explaining Web3 to a friend of mine, and she said that my view sounds pretty altruistic. And maybe so, but it's definitely giving me far more hope um, for what could be. Web3 also most closely aligns with how I view influencer marketing in general. I'm all about redefining influence, redefining storytelling. And we do this by focusing on impact over 
impressions. Relevance over reach. Partnering and collaborating with people who have their ear to the pavement in their communities, who are showing up and showing out every day, who when they speak, it's with intent, that when they speak, it sparks something, that when they speak, it makes you instantly feel something and do something. When they make room, it's for others not represented. And yeah, I mean, that's what I'm, I hope I'm able to bring to the table. That's what I hope my contribution is and will continue to be. And, you know, again, I really just would like to thank Brian Fanzo and Mech for extending their hand to me, for welcoming me into the space. So in turn, I can do that for others um, who need it most. Um, so thank you again, Brian and Mech. And... Um, GM, G-Day, and GN, my friends. Lindsay, I, I first just want to say you know, thank you for your transparency, your authenticity, your honesty, and your share and what you brought there. And I think it's so important for us to not only recognize what Web3 provides us, but also recognize you know all of the changes that we've had in our lives over these years. And, and for so many like yourself, Lindsay, uh, who have had it, you know, had to deal with the loss of a loved one and, you know, what that really means and how that can kind of like reshape us. And it's very easy for us to fall back into the fold and the ways of the past, but that can't be what we do in web three. And we have this opportunity to change that narrative. So I just uh, love that message and, and really appreciate your share. And next up, we have actually three amazing ladies who are going to jump in and share from our, they're from our community here, uh, just amazing in the Discord. And I reached out and said, could you highlight the kind of an NFT project um, in this space that kind of highlight um, International Women's Day? So we have Allison Ball, Jen Collins, and Lubna Zaru. Hopefully Lubna, Lubna I said that correctly. Uh, these three ladies are massively active in our discord i know if you're listening and you're in our discord uh you definitely know of these ladies and if you're not you know in our uh, discord make sure you can just jump over there and check it out but uh ladies what say you hi my name is allison and i am a listener of the nft 365 podcast i love that community and the host and his team i think the really embody uh, the principles of inclusivity and welcoming people on board into the Web3 space. Uh, one of the projects that I am really excited about and excited to hold is the Crypto Tech Women NFT. Uh, I have been following that project uh, since way before Mint and um, have just been so impressed with the founder, Gigi. Uh, she is really a self-made woman. She seems to be very um, kind and supportive and inclusive of all people who support uh, empowering women in the tech space. Um, I really love her enthusiasm and her support um, for the community. She's well organized. She's engaged in all of her socials. Um, she is, and her team are uh, doxxed and seem to be just a fantastic group. Um, I am especially excited about her educational initiatives uh, and utility that are coming out for NFT holders in the form of various boot camps. Um, I think uh, really having this practical education for women that want to progress in the Web3 space uh, in a technical capacity is really exciting. 
I've steered a couple of my women friends towards her project and hope that we can all achieve great things together. Hey everybody out there, thanks for tuning in to NFT365. I am Native to Crypto, aka Jen, talking to you from the Great White North Canada. I'm a Palm Plain millennial, happily married, free spirit mother of four. When I'm not foraging the wilderness for wild herbs and berries, you can find me at home collecting and educating myself on the latest NFTs. I have a beautiful 11-year-old daughter who loves to draw and would love to create a collection of NFTs one day. I'm attending Southern Alberta Institute Institute of Technology this fall and hope to have a future in women's tech. I just wanted to stop by and tell you about some Tell you some alpha about an amazing female NFT artist named Natalie Purple and her legendary NFT project, Woman's Pride. Woman's Pride features 21 fierce heroic women of history. These NFTs were purposely launched on the Solana blockchain with environmental thoughts in mind. I want to highlight a few important roles this project has going for its holders in the community. It has NFT staking with liquidity pools, a DAO supporting women's projects and artists on Solana chain with exclusive OG members, uh, access to private Discord channels, whitelists for upcoming projects, and much more. Since becoming part of Women's Pride community, Natalie and everyone have been so welcoming. I've joined in weekly activities such as doing yoga, cooking, drawing, and more, won giveaways, and made many lasting friendships. If you're looking for your your own iconic woman's, woman history NFT, look no further than this collection. You'll be surprised to see Marilyn Monroe, Rosa Parks, Diana, Princess Diana, Joan of Arc, Cleopatra, to name a few. Your masterpiece is waiting for you. Women's Pride OG Collectors launches March 8 at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. Whitelist minting on Magic Eden. And this summer, there is a men's collection launching in 22. Thank you. Hello, my name is Lupna and I help purpose-driven entrepreneurs to work smarter and happier so they can live more. And I'm honored to have been asked by Brian Fanzo to share one of my favorite NFT projects, which is the Giraffe Tower. The reason I recommend every creator, whether you're an author, an artist, a musician, or a coach, or a speaker like me, it is the NFT project that empowers creators by educating them about the Web3 crypto and NFT space so that you can build a brand and a business in this new era of the internet. And it does this not only by talking about Web3 crypto and NFT, but by owning one of the Giraffe Tower NFTs, you get access to a community of like-minded creators who are on the same learning journey as you, access to events that support you in the business and brand building in the Web3 space, and you get to accelerate this journey for yourself. 
I own several NFTs from different creators, but I spend the most time, energy and attention in the giraffe tower. So having said that, if you are a creator, whether you are a photographer, a musician, a coach, an author or a speaker or whatever you create and you want to learn about building a business and a brand in the Web3 crypto and NFT space, then I invite you to consider getting yourself one or more giraffes of the Giraffe Tower. And I am looking forward to welcoming you in our club and community. Thank you so much, ladies, Allison, Jen and Lubna. I also love that, you know, I actually hold all three of those projects. And just for those that know, you know, I reached out actually less than 24 hours ago, probably 48 hours ago, maybe, and just said, I, I, because the way I operate, I just said, hey, I would love for you to record something for me, something short that highlights a project that, that you love. And I, and I said, hey, you have the freedom to kind of share what you want. And for me, that's kind of the way I operate. But I also know, like, now looking back, like, I mean, that's a lot of pressure, especially, you know, asking them to kind of share that onto my world. And I, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for sharing your vision. Thank you for your commitment to uh, our amazing community. And I'm just truly blessed to be surrounded uh, by so many amazing women. And speaking of amazing women, our next guest speaker takeover is a dear friend of mine who I've actually spent more time with in the, during the pandemic than any other human in my life. And yet we've never met in person because Nitty and I have been on Clubhouse. Nitty is the founder and host of one of the largest clubs over there, the Mental Health Matters Club. And we spent a, a numerous amount of hours, probably like 40 hours a week together. Uh, we actually both live here in Virginia. And Nitty just is a, a beautiful soul. And she is not only an acclaimed licensed clinical social worker and mental health therapist with decades of experience, but she's also a professional speaker. And she has a beautiful balance of making you feel welcome and making you feel heard while also being able to share all of her experience and the things that she brings uh, to this world. And I, and I just say, I, I am a better person and I got through the pandemic. I think uh, a lot to do with uh, this amazing woman. And so what say you, Miss Nitty Tawari? My name is Nidhi Tawari. I'm a workplace consultant. I'm a professional speaker and a mental health therapist who helps leaders to be able to create a culture of trust and wellness in the workplace. Now, if there's one thing that we've seen through this pandemic and now as we're reemerging, it's that trust and wellness are absolutely critical as leaders in being able to create a, a workplace where people want to stay. If you want loyalty, you got to be able to create trust. And if you want good outcomes, you have to be able to create an environment that promotes wellness. And so if you might be wondering what the value proposition is for trust, you might be thinking to yourself, well, why does trust even matter? Well, what the Harvard Business Review found is that organizations with high trust function on a completely different level than organizations that have low trust. In fact, what they found is that there's 50% higher productivity 106% more energy for employees that work in high trust organizations, 40% less burnout, and 13% fewer sick days. Now, the data doesn't lie. 
when leaders show up and they come from a place that they're able to lead through generosity, through consistency, through transparency, through being able to connect with the people that they're leading. Their employees want to work there. They feel fulfilled and they have a purpose. And that means that your outcomes are going to show those results. You're going to be able to see that your organization functions at a much higher level when you prioritize trust building within the organization. Now, when I speak to leaders about this very topic, I kind of talk about this framework that I've created where based on research, I've found that the three most important traits for leaders to embody is that they show up consistently, they show up transparently, and they show up vulnerably. Now, consistency is really important because you want to be able to show the people that you're leading that the way that you show up with them one-on-one is going to be the exact same way that you show up when you're going to bat for them with your higher-ups. You have to be able to show that you're true to your word. When an employee comes to you and they're telling you that they're struggling with something, that they're not able to meet their metrics, and you're telling them, hey, I'm going to let my boss know what's going on. I'm going to make sure that I hold ground for you and stand ground for you. Well, then you have to follow through on that. And when you're in that meeting with your boss, you got to make sure that you say the very things that you told that employee you were going to say. I think the biggest challenge is that sometimes there's an incongruence between what's being said and what the action is. And we have to look at that consistency being a really key component of how you're going to build trust with the people that you're leading. Now, transparency is really important because organizations that have high levels of trust, the decision-making is extremely clear for everybody who's being led. They're able to see what criteria are, are needing to be met in order for promotion to happen. They know what the expectations are on the front end. And that means that leaders are great communicators and are very clear and transparent about what they need from the people that they're leading. This transparency means that you're also willing to be transparent about the difficult things, the times that you mess up, the inevitable circumstance where you say or do the wrong thing. You have to be able to take accountability and be transparent about the fact that you messed up. And now what you're going to do to ensure that this never happens again and that there are different outcomes. So having that be very clear and laid out for people, it actually helps them to feel safe. And we have to remember that trust and safety go absolutely hand in hand. So when you create a place where people feel safe being open with you, they feel that they are safe in terms of the way that you're leading them, then that means that they develop a stronger level of trust in you And they're going to show up completely differently in the workplace. Now, the last part of my framework is talking about showing up vulnerably. And this is often the hardest part, I think, for leaders. Now, we know the greats like Brene Brown talk about vulnerability all the time. And it's actually not just a buzzword. It's something that's really critical. When we feel like we can relate to somebody on a heart level, when we feel validated and heard, It tells our nervous system that this is okay. I'm safe with this person. And so the only way for you to achieve that is for you to share the good, the bad, and the ugly of what's going on. That means that when you're struggling to meet your deadlines, when you feel overwhelmed, instead of trying to hide it and putting the mask on, 
You instead take an opportunity to be open and honest with people. To say something along the lines of, I know that you all are incredibly stressed right now. I'm feeling the pressure too. You know, I know that there's a lot of being expected of us all. So I just want to let you know that I'm here to support in any way that I can. You don't have to cross boundaries. You don't have to say things that are uncomfortable beyond a point. It's going to feel a little uncomfortable at first, but you don't have to share your whole life story in order to connect with somebody. You just have to be real. You just have to be willing to be very open and not just sugarcoat things or hide the difficult aspects of the day and day and the day to day. So those are the three key elements of being able to create trust in the workplace. And this actually has impacts positively on burnout and on other mental health conditions. So remember, when people sign on to work or they walk in through the door to enter work for the day, their personal lives and their personal struggles are still something that they're coping with throughout the workday. Those challenges don't just disappear the minute that they get logged on. So you as a leader, by showing up and being able to create trust as a byproduct, also create wellness. And what research has found is that when people feel that they can trust in in their leadership, that they have resources and support, that their workload is something that is flexible, that leaders are attuned and are able to really have a pulse on what's going on within the teams, that this actually mitigates burnout on a systemic level. So we know that so many of us, myself included, have felt incredibly burned out throughout this course of the pandemic. And we have to be able to deal with burnout on a systemic and an individual level. And if you want to deal with it on a systemic level as a leader, then that means you have to look at the policies that you have in place, the way that the organizational culture is set up, and how you're going to show up differently to be able to balance workloads, shift things around, and have real honest conversations about how your staff is struggling. That means sometimes you're going to have to hold space for people when they talk about caring for their elderly parent or being able to validate somebody's experience when they share how difficult it is to take care of their special needs child while also working from home. So your job as a leader is to hold space for all of that. And if you can do this, if you can rise to the challenge, not only will you increase trust, you'll see burnout levels start to decrease and you'll have better systems in place to address these challenges. You can't stress the importance of mental health enough. And I just love, Nidhi, how you kind of connected that in on not only the through line of trust, but like our commitment to ourselves and our importance of showing up. And let's face it, friends, here in this space, especially in the Web3 world, uh, the burnout, the, the, the new variables that impact our mental health are in many cases things we've never had to deal with before and um, as probably many of you can guess uh, I decided to bring in on um, some new women that you haven't heard on the podcast uh, yet and we've had some amazing guests and massive shout out to the amazing uh, women guests that we've had so far I'll make sure to link their episodes as well in the podcast uh, show notes so please check them out but uh, the the ladies that have joined us uh, for this takeover uh, I will also be asking back uh, throughout the year to be a guest for a full episode so don't worry you're going to get to hear more about them and you're going to see all of their notes and all of their amazing things uh, but Below. And, you know, for our, our last and final segment, you know, I think the, the beauty of Web3 is this idea of collaboration uh, 
and co-creation. And what better way to kind of implement that? What better way to kind of take that and, and show how that is possible than these last two amazing women actually teamed up and recorded their segment together, uh, which I think just demonstrates this power of lifting each other up. You know, women lift, lifting women up, men lifting women up, and really together, you know, us really kind of joining forces to not only make sure voices are heard, but bringing uh, so much of this amazing insights uh, to the forefront. And so, uh, our next little segment is with Shira Lazar. Shira is a uh, Emmy-nominated host and interviewer covering social media, culture, and wellness. She's also the founder of the Emmy-nominated digital media brand, What's Trending. Uh, for those that follow, we also uh, co-host a room every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time called Alpha Mondays. We just did that last night. It was a lot of fun. And uh, Shira and I go back, way back, uh, 2013, uh, South by Southwest. And she is joined by Swan Sit and Swan is actually a new friend of mine who I got to meet uh, thanks to uh, the world of Clubhouse. And she's a contemporary operator sitting at the intersection of corporate economics, digital transformation, and consumer attention. Uh, she's led uh, focused on digital transformation in her roles as the head of digital marketing at some small brands you might have heard of like Nike, Revlon, and Estee Lauder. Uh, she's a wealth of knowledge and actually one of our upcoming guests that we have booked on the calendar uh, for the podcast. So you're going to get uh, an amazing little taste of both Shira and Swan's uh, genius. Ladies, what say you? Hello, Fanzo's podcast. I'm so excited to be here. I'm Shira Lazar. And I'm Swan Sit. And we couldn't be more excited to be joining all of you on International Women's Day. Um, we've actually become friends because of this space. Absolutely. It's just been a great um, market for women to build together and not just projects, but friendships. Definitely. And that's what I really love. I haven't felt this energy since, you know, beginning of Web 2, right? But what was different is that a lot of the opportunities that I had in Web 2 and a lot of the people I worked with, of course, were men, specifically white cis hetero men, right? And so it's really exciting to see so much more diversity in the space. And it really shows me what's possible and where we're headed. I fully agree. Anytime we have a big inflection point, Web 1's invention, Web 2, there's opportunity. And I think Web 3 is no different. It's an incredible opportunity for women in all marginalized communities. But to be honest, the opportunities are not reaching the edges yet. And I think it's because you learn from people who look like you and sound like mm, you and act like yeah. you, right? You might read a review on a restaurant or hear about a vacation spot. When do you actually go? When someone like you, you trust, tells you to go. So, you know, let's be honest. Web 2 was a bunch of white men. And yeah. Web 3, it's a different group of white men, but it's still yes, white they're men. They're still there. Yeah, right? exactly. They're still there. Like so, you would say even women in NFTs, and we talk about this through a lot of the work that we do, uh, Women Web 3 Weekly, the spaces that I'm hosting, uh, it feels like there's a big group growing, and there is. But still, if you actually compare the numbers, it's small. Yeah, nowhere close. 81% of all crypto Web 3 people are male, and less than 5% of NFT projects are by women. So the interest is there, but I don't know if the traction is yet. So we just have to do the work, right? You have to extend the opportunities to the edges. And that's the only way it actually gets distributed and democratized. And it actually doesn't work because Web3 by nature is distributed. So if we concentrate power, the thing falls apart. It's a house of cards. Mm. And, I, and I mentioned this even recently, how 
uh, as women of privilege, if you are a white woman, white leaning woman, also remember, well, yes, you're entering the space and there are barriers for entry and it's challenging, right? Being marginalized, we're not a minority as a white woman. Um, remember the other women who are also in the space who need support, right? Let's not forget BIPOC women, the LGBTQ community, trans women of color, you know, and I think that's really important when we talk about empowerment of women as well, to look around in the spaces that you're in and say, oh, is it just other women like me? <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it's a really good call out and it could, it's good to keep us honest because let's face it, there's different tiers of privilege and mm-hmm. women are not a monolith. There's so many different types of it. So I think my approach is while women is a big undercurrent of the work I do in the space, it's all marginalized communities. Yeah, definitely. And so what have been some of the projects that have been exciting you in this space? A lot of the NFTs that I bought are female founded, female led. Um, and that's because one, great art, great teams. Once again, I feel like there's trust and connection there with the founders. And then also there seems to be a similar value system, right? A lot of these female founded projects, and I'm not going to just say just the female founded, it just happens I'm seeing a theme, donate to charities, are impact-based are thinking about also education and learning and accessibility. Right. I always say with Web3, you vote with your wallet. And that can be to Mm. support certain artists or types of art, but it's also advocacy. And so by buying women's projects, yes, we like the culture and the art and the community, but we're also voting for changes we want to see in the world. So that's why, for example, I'm really proud to be one of the founding members of BFF, started by Britt Morin and uh, Jamie Schmidt, key members like Gwyneth Paltrow, Tyra Banks, Mila Kunis, but the entire mission of that org, it's decentralized and it's to help women and non-binary people get educated, connected, Mm -hmm. and financially rewarded in crypto and Web3. So all the programming, the NFT drops, the DAO, it's all focused on helping these people at the margins have a piece of this future. Because let's face it, no one's an expert. It's still early. So yeah. Everyone can jump on board now. Like I said, by nature of it being distributed, we actually need everyone involved. So what better than to create vehicles that reward the right types of behavior? Definitely. I love what they're doing. And it was so cool for them to do an airdrop to the community. Some people had never gotten an NFT before. So they were setting up their wallets. Similarly, I've been part of the Remarkable Woman female collection as part of love House them. of First. Yep. And that was cool because we were airdropping ambassadors that we chose. And these were women who were remarkable, who weren't just in this space, but women who were in other industries, right? And by putting a spotlight on all different types of women, we were able to, again, bring in new people into the community that wouldn't have otherwise opened up a wallet and gotten into this, which I just thought was really cool. You know, it's interesting, both the projects we worked on that we just talked about, you guys airdropped, we airdropped two bracelets to our founding members, one to keep because they're friendship bracelets, one to give to a woman doing great work in the space. Oh, I love that. By nature, we baked in giving. Mm, Yep. Something to think about. Something to think about as we celebrate this International Women's Day. Thank you again for having us. Of course, follow Swan everywhere. Where Swan? I am Swansit, S-W-A-N-S-I-T, on Twitter, Instagram, and on Clubhouse, I'm Swan. Amazing. And I'm at Shira Lazar. And yeah, you can check out my Twitter spaces, Women Web 3 Weekly, as well, every week, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Thanks again, and happy Women's History Month, too. See you on Web 3. I mean, what a way to wrap up 
this amazing episode on International Women's Day. I'm I'm blown away. I'm thankful. Uh, I often struggle with making those asks uh, of, of people because I, I don't want to be uh, kind of disrupt their world or, or I don't want to be overbearing or uh, kind of put people on the spot. And I just want to say thank you. I'm, I'm actually gl- so glad that I did because every single person and I love the data that was shared by both Shira and Swan. And really, you know, so much of that comes into this, like, how do we give? How do we give back? How do we amplify? How do we connect? And, you know, for me, this is such an important conversation. And it goes into, you know, all aspects of the things that we're doing, not just, uh, you know, women, uh, International Women's Day, but also equality and really the, the, the conversation that we all need to be having, our role in this, you know, designing and amplifying and creating this, this new world that we want to be a part of. And I just want to say, you know, the beauty of Web3, I believe, is that it is opening, it's going to open up doors and windows and opportunities that we haven't seen before. And the reason that it's going to do so has nothing to do with the technology. It has everything to do with all of you amazing listeners, all of you amazing guests that we had on the podcast today, because the beauty of this Web3 space, the beauty of this net, this NFT world is that we get to define the value. We get to reimagine the culture, the community. We get to define what is success and where we want to put our money and our time and attention. And I'm just thankful for everyone's time and attention today on the podcast. As always, my friends, we will be back again tomorrow. But in the meantime... Make sure you check out the hashtag International Women's Day. So many great things happening. I'll be on lots of Twitter spaces and things as well. But until tomorrow, my friends, cheers. Make it a great day. This show is not financial advice, so do your own 